into episode 193 of Keith's Craft Collective. I'm Louise and today I've got a blather with snippets. What's crack? Review section with a hundred little knitted projects. Coming up, me 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 section. This episode is kindly sponsored from my lovely lovely friend, Angela. Scotch Tweed is a small family textiles firm based in the Scottish borders. Run by Angela with a huge amount of technical and know-how support from her dad, Gerald, they have a wealth of experience in the weaving and textile trade, over 58 years to be exact. Their aim is to bring top-quality tartan, tweed fabric, along with other Scottish goods and apparel, including Highland wear, to their customers at the best possible value. Angela's happy to speak to anyone at any time in regards to the requirements. If you cannot see what you're looking for on the website, give her a call. The number is on the website www.scotchtweed.co.uk and is a UK free phone number. What more do you want? To help support the podcast, Angela has provided a discount code for listeners, so just quote CCC Podcast at checkout and receive a 10% discount anytime. Any links are with the show notes, so get your cup of tea or your dram. I'll let you know where crack is in kidness this week. What a lovely interview we had with Angela last episode. I know some of you have been going and looking at her shop and hopefully some of you have gone and bought. And remember, if you're in the market for Rupert the Bear scarf, go to Angela's shop. And also, I found out, along with the Wombles, Rupert the Bear is predominantly UK. (laughs) I feel so sorry for all you people that didn't grow up with Rupert the Bear and the Wombles. However, it is now in your remit to go and find out and enjoy what we enjoyed. So listeners as well, first a wee apology. The last episode had a couple of expletives in it, which I didn't tell you about at the top of the show, which I should have done. And for not doing so, I apologise. I did mark the show notes in the episode as having expletives, but for those that missed it, I apologise. For some of you, you wouldn't have noticed, and they were low-level swears, me quoting a book and also a Scottish slang word. I'm not adverse to swear words in Mark podcasts, but it really, really annoys me when I'm listening to something that doesn't normally have them in. See them in the car with the bairns, and then potty mouth happens. So I save those for the earbuds. I don't swear on my podcast because I feel I have enough adjectives not to need to. And also, my mum listens, and I don't want to offend her firstly, so apologies if it caught you out. Now for the blather. The blather. Snippets. This one's come about because over the summer I've been amongst strangers. You out in the stranger wild will be able to do this if you take off your earphones, but after you've listened to this episode. Oi, put them back in. Right, you and the boss, behave yourself. I've been walking past or I've been in the cubicle next to people that are talking. I know, weird people talking. Can't get me to shut up. Well, it occurred to me I only heard a snippet of the conversation. In Belfast I heard, oh yes, I know her husband well enough. But, and then we passed. It left me wanting to know more. Did she like the husband? Did she like the wife? Did she know the wife? What was the context she asked about him in the first place? But she went one way and I the other. Then in Dublin's fair city, and this is my ultimate snippet, Richard heard, you can be shaggy, but you can be scooby too, said from a dad to his daughter as we walked round the corner to the Temple Bar area. I will admit it was the accent for me for this one, but what a nice dad. When we were in Belladrum, there was a 19-year-old that her friends called Wonder Woman, get here and see this. I don't know why she was Wonder Woman, or what she had to do, or why she had to see it, but I wanted to. And then Sandy said he thought it was funny when we were in the swimming cubicles and someone walked past asking the bairn that they were with wanted for their dinner and how he was tempted to see pizza for tea, please. I thought it was funny how snippets were interesting and how we react to them. If we'd heard the whole conversation about the dinner, would we care as much? And Sandy and I didn't talk about this beforehand, it's just something that we sort of came across together. To go into great detail can kind of dull the sensation of why that bear needed to be shaggy or scooby-doo. Was she getting the hassle for wanting to be shaggy? And if so, let me at him. I loved how the father or the man, or let's face it, I'm guessing it was her dad, was empowering her. I'll never find out. Never. At the same time, that frightens me and also delights me. I can make up why and be sad that I'll never have it confirmed. Authors do this quite a lot. They go to cafes and that's where they find seeds for characters. 
It can be hilarious catching these snippets, but it can also be quite sad too for all types of emotions. You have to be careful you're not imposing or exposing private conversations, even if they are in a public setting. For instance, recently on Instagram, a girl swapped seats so she could sit with her boyfriend. And then the Instagram storied or Twitter, I can't quite remember, the couple in front's ensuing conversation. At first it was like, oh look, they're getting on. Oh, they're getting together. Or, And she was all proud of herself thinking she'd set them up and they were getting married by the end of the flight. But what she actually did was set the couple up for a lot of internet abuse as people figured out who they were from her reporting and trolled them. In this day and age of social media, we have to be careful we don't overexpose other people's private conversations, even though they were on public transport. I mean, it would have been lovely if she'd set up a new relationship and not tell the world about us. That's unfair. We have to realise what's meant for public consumption and what's not. This podcast is obviously, and Facebook posts and Instagram are, but not a conversation like that. At first it seemed quite a nice thing, then a few posts in it was really imposing and cringeworthy and, oh, stop it. How does this relate to craft, I hear you ask listeners. Well, how many of you have been weaving in ends recently? You can put your hands down, it's okay. And put them scissors down. All those snippets of yarn left over that either end up in your project bag to roll around for a bit until you finally throw them out or, as I saw someone once, just drop them. And after I swallowed and thought, are you littering? I thought, "Mm, well, it's natural wool. The birds will love it. But it just did seem a bit weird just to drop them. Well, you could use them for stuffing with toys, or if you're not a toy knitter, the birds love to nest with them. But maybe I would gather them up and put them in a place where the birds are actually going to go, not just leave them where you think that the birds will pick them up. If you are a sewer with material, then you could trap them in between some net or organza and chip-chop, and then you've got some lovely card fronts. If you've got quite a long snippet, then there's books that you could look to for ideas how to use it up such as 50 Yards of Fun by Rebecca Danger, or the book Review Today by Sarah Keane. Or if you're not a toy knitter again, there is the blankets, but you have to then keep your yarns in weight order. It's hard to let go sometimes, but what you could do is pass on a bag of snippets, or small bits you don't think you'll use. I got one today and my mind raced for a while trying to think of what I could make from it. We're quite recyclable people, quite good wombles crafters we like to hand on things that we don't think we'll ever use there could be all things from egg cozies teapot covers headbands to gloves you never know what idea will hit you when plus go see if you could go and pick up some snippets of ideas of what to do from your crafty friends if it's material snippets then think about using the shapes for the front of a card such as a wee moving home card or baby card made from cut up bits of fabric and then stuck glued onto onto a nice card that's rather lovely when on a mantelpiece and I'm meaning the tiny bits of fabric here the bigger ones can be made into all sorts materials sewn together will make bigger material and that's a whole blether to itself the thing with snippets is that they can sometimes overwhelm us it's okay to have a small box of snippety bits of nice cards you found from chocolate boxes or packaging but if you can't open your craft room for things falling out then oh that came from a whiskey box it's a lovely red but I can't get to the chair to sit to make something from it. And I suggest maybe a tidy up is in order. I myself have been plotting a tidy up in my craft room. I also tidied up my head of snippets by telling them to you. They're out there now. Because you can be shaggy, but you can be scooby too. Sorry for my really bad Irish accent. But it was so lovely. Now we need a giggle. Well, more of a giggle. So make us smile for a second. So here is the back to school duo Sandy and Daisy. (laughs) What's the crack, Satrin? What's the crack? Well, they went back to school, so I'd like to see I've got more time, but no, I'm catching up with all the stuff I haven't managed over the summer. We had a very dry summer, so a lot of the time I was like, no, I can't be inside, so my house is kind of Minging. I've got all sorts of things to do, like painting window ledges and washing the tops of fridges and the glasswork all needs washed, which hasn't been done for a while. I normally do it in the summer, but, well, boring, boring, boring stuff. So I've not actually got back to the sewing. They both got on okay at school. 
Uh, Sandy quite enjoyed high school so far. Both very tired, so they've had quite a chilled out day today. And hopefully long may this continue. I'm going back to Yarnistry again after last episode. Um, and she's posted a comment on her Facebook. I don't actually follow her or many people on Facebook for craft. So if you've sent me a friend request and I've not accepted them, please don't take it the wrong way. But I have Facebook for people in my non-knitting life and I actually rarely post craft posts on there. So you're not missing anything anyway. The pictures are all on Instagram. However, someone I know posted on this thread on Yarnistry. I thought it was quite interesting enough to talk about here. It started with her saying there's a hashtag for just a ball of wool akin to the just a card hashtag movement of if you go in and just buy a card from a local shop, they're more likely to, in essence, stay open than if you don't. And the yarn one is to try and assist the yarn shops. This is a fair point. Then Yarnistry went on to say, and she said this might be controversial, that there might be too many yarn shows and festivals, so people save up and go to them and then don't have a budget or want to go to the local yarn shop. There was quite an interesting thread of debate of people discussing it, and some in favour, some against, and then there was a couple of yarn shop bashers and yarn shop defenders. And it was certainly food for thought. It made me think about my own local yarn shop. It's rather old-fashioned, mostly stocks acrylic yarn and plastic needles. It does do a reasonable trade in these, so the market is there in Keithness, and it's aiming at the market. However, it doesn't sell an awful lot of things I want to buy, so I don't go in there as often as it probably wants me to. I'd buy the odd zip there or roll of thread, or I actually need a threader for drawstrings because I broke mine last week. I like the staff in there and they are very helpful for what they have. They have a small selection of pure wool and a huge selection of acrylic big box yarns at a reasonable price. And if that's what I wanted to knit with then I would look no further. What I'd like to have is local yarns and hand dyed yarns and nicer needle selection but then reading why yarn shops don't have them I understand why they don't stock it. It costs a lot, they can't see a market for it and they're left with some or a lot of stock. And the same with the needles. However, like a lot of threads on Facebook, the thread got heated and toys were thrown out of prams. I don't know if they were knitted or not, these toys. I shook my head. I saw both sides of the coin and moved on. I do like having a local yarn shop and haberdashery. There's nothing like being able to squeal the tyres up the curb, run up the stairs screaming, I need green thread, help! And come out with it too sweet. But also, there's nothing like being able to order 20 zips online at a really good cost price. And I don't pass the overhead on and also be able to have that trend of whatever is trendy at the time being parcelled through my door. Away, I love what you have, but if you consider also buying this yarn or needle, comment. And, well, yeah, they will have reasons that they haven't got it. But sometimes they don't know that they need it for you to buy it. That was just an interesting thread. (laughs) A snippet of something I read. It took me ages to go through all that. Have you seen issue 26 of Pom Pom Quarterly? Hmm. Listeners. This is the moon issue. Or Sandy used to call it. Boon, a boon. <laughs> oh, bless him. And the model on the front page is wearing a cardigan with a total eclipse and a very striking pattern with dark blue and golden yellows. But equally striking to me, in fact more so, was the model. She's older and she's black and she rocks that pattern. This cover makes me think, ah, cool. Ah, people from other ethnicities age group than the bog-standard white young model. I say this because it's unusual to see someone older and also black, and I don't think it should be. There are some lovely patterns in there, and show friend Maddie Harvey has a really bonny shawl pattern in it too. So, go pom-pom, you nailed this one. I got a lovely message from Whippity Creek who asked about the no-rabbit-ear Kitchener stitch I'd mentioned last episode. Listeners, I will point you at the YouTube video that I found from Knitting with Suzanne Bryan called Kitchener Stitch with No Rabbit Ears. And she has a yellow sock end, so if you're checking it out from memory later on. She's also a really firm way of sewing in the ends, which I wish I knew a long time ago. Did you hear how much they made for the Tits Out Collective charity fundraiser? Listeners... It was over £55,000. This is worldwide. This isn't just from one person. It was all the different people that took part in the Tits Scout Collective. 
And is that not amazing from something that wasn't forced, wasn't big business, spurred on from a couple of brainless comments and copying acts, and this got put into action? I'm quite proud to have played just a little tiny part in this by buying some, which then donated. I think it's amazing and how intelligent and kind-hearted the Countess of Blaise is. And it also shows humanity can do good. The crafty community are very fortunate to have the Countess. I look forward to what she and her squad get up to in the future. My marathon training is ticking along. I've got two months left. (laughs) Tomorrow I run 16 miles. This will be half a mile of the longest I've run ever. So I'm well fed. No key for dinner. Dum 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 dum. And getting organised. Having my chicken cooked for tomorrow so I can just land my face in my dinner when I come in. And I've got the rain to whip my heels to get out before it starts tomorrow. I'm now getting into unknown territory for me so I've been asking questions of experienced marathoners. Some more helpful than others is to be said but I find if I'm struggling to keep going I look to see something good that's happened and focus on that. Sometimes it's a friend that's cycling by you can stop and get in a bit of a cheer squad or it's the double rainbow or the birdies that eats the flies along the hedge. It's not so much the bees that headbutt you <laughs> or the flies that go down your throat before you've realised. They're not so pleasant. Or or there was a weasel running across. Mostly it's the wildlife that keeps me going. It's like wind in the willows with me. So I'll get there. The review section. Review section. I had, I put it back today, out the library, 100 Little Knitted Project Book by Sarah Keane. Actually, I don't know if it was Daisy that helped me get this out, because she wanted me to take it out again. But this is a 168-page softback book, and it's published by GMC, and it was 14.99 or 19.95 US dollars. The projects in the book would be wonderful for all your snippets of yarn you have left over from other projects. Because when I was in the library, I was actually contemplating what you could use, what pattern books would help. Granny squares, obviously. And then this knitted book was quite nice. So if you're a big fan of Humpty Dumpty, sunflowers, watermelon, rainbows, then this book has a pattern for you. None of the patterns are huge. They're supposed to be finishable in a day or an evening if you have the materials and the knowledge to hand. If you don't, how-to guide at the back. I think you could muddle on if you're a new knitter. I picked this up because I wanted something for the snippets I have and I thought, there must be something out of the hundred things that I like. To design a hundred patterns that are all different but with your own style must be quite hard. Often when there's a book or a collection of more than 20 patterns, they turn into 10 really good patterns. One you bought the book for and then nine fillers of, well, let's put that in because we need to fill it up. The patterns in this are all quite different and varied and I don't think that they've done that quite as much. There's everything in this from an owl, to a bow tie, to ice skates, to mermaids, to hedgehogs, to a lighthouse. Quite varied and slightly random. There isn't one theme throughout which in one way is unique but another way I would have thought, well there's a signature. I couldn't pick out all of them and say, yep, this was designed by Sarah Keane, like I can with a Susan B. Anderson or an Alan Dart toy or object. But then that's not a bad thing. Maybe I just don't know her well enough yet. The photography is pretty good. It's very white book. Oh, the front is white and the items being the colour and they are very colourful. They have on each pattern at least two photos on different sides of the item so that there's a knitter eye has gone over that so you can see the back and the front. The patterns are clear, don't go on for pages and pages and I like that. They haven't used a name yard and just gone one suggestion Double knit or light worsted. <laughs> you could then up or down this weight along with the appropriate needle size. So if you've got snippets of RN or two ply leftovers, you just change your needle size. Most of the items are 10 centimetres high and this is where it's great and weird at the same time. This is not perspective knitting. The monkey, 10 centimetres high. But also, banana, 10 centimetres long. Lucky monkey. The whale, 6 centimetres and the fish, 10 centimetres and also the lighthouse. But so what? They're fun items for fun people. Because listeners, we're fun people. Come on, join the fun gang. Get on the fun bus. Out of the hundred items, you're bound to find something that will mean something to you. I've already been requested to make the two dinosaurs. 
I like the caveman because he looked a bit like Captain Caveman, but without all the hair. Also, we like the Scotty dog and his 10 centimetre bone. I think Bookle would be quite happy with an appropriately perspective sized bone. You could knit lots and lots of things for people, say a lighthouse for me, as I like lighthouses, an apple for teacher. There's a lot of suggestions as they are only 10 centimetres at most, so it'd be a lovely wee gift for your person who likes lighthouses or apples. It does suggest you use acrylic stuffing, but may I suggest then you use the snippets of the bits of wool you've snipped off your other projects, especially if it's natural. Lovely Ella keeps her in a jar that she snips off her projects as she goes, and then she fills her toys with this. I actually do that with my threads, but I've not yet used my threads. I might start doing that with my yarn snippets. Ella is very clever. Hello, Ella. There was a couple of things I thought were missing from this were that the items are all made in pieces and sewn together. So after a more experienced knitter could use afterthought lines in here for adding legs, etc. Also, the index does not have any categories and it just starts at 1 and goes through 100 randomly. And it's not alphabetical either. So you could have pair followed by boat, caveman, then domino. Although saying that, there is a sort of thought process here, such as such as the whale, crab, then the octopus, then three love hearts. Don't octopus have two hearts? Then bridegroom, jam tart, pea, teapot. Kind of word association? <laughs> you could think the mental thought of the process of the Sarah Keen. This is a book for the shelf for times when you simply need a knitted hedgehog or an Alice in Wonderland. I think I'll put it on my Amazon wish list because it's a great tool for getting your snippets of stash down. So that's 100 Little Knitted Projects by Sarah Keane. Coming up, coming up, coming up, it's there. Coming up. Perth is very soon, actually, 8th and 9th of September. Woo, Perth! So Eva, the organiser, don't envy her just now because you're going to be really busy as it's less than three weeks away. I hope to see some of you there. There's a podcaster meet-up. I think that Tipsy Nips Pip is organising that. And hopefully I'll see quite a few of you there. Woo, Perth. I don't think I'm going to have my breathing space ready for it though. Loch Ness is the 19th to 21st of October in the Leisure Centre in Inverness. Two months away. They are having a charity knit along and it's a good one because it's for the Special Care Baby Unit in Rigmore, Inverness. So if you want to use up of the snippets of baby yarn or sock yarn, then start knitting. Which I won't be at that because that's the day I'm running my marathon. That is doing a marathon. I'm doing a marathon. The beaker section. Me, 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 me. Me, me, me section. I've been wearing my Arboreal Jumper by Jennifer Steingas and I have a couple of thoughts to pass on. I know I said I finished it last episode but I have been wearing it. Most certainly it needs a tag at the back of the neck. It isn't easy to figure out before putting it on and then I'm playing, is this the right way around game? Oh no, that's it is tight at the throat, so you do kind of know if you've put it on back to front, but who wants to keep putting their jumper on back to front? I know one of you does, but <laughs> the rest of us don't. It's really cosy for those August fresher days. The West Yorkshire Spinner's Wensleydale is pilling under the arms where it's rubbing. I thought it might on account of its uh, long hair yarn and... Well, there was a bit of pulling when I did the sample, but I'm just constantly picking off pills. So hopefully it'll kind of calm down after the worst of the pills has pilled off. <laughs> there must be a two pill or not two pill. That is, the, yes, it's going to. But love it. Love how it's bright red. I've got lots and lots of com- uh, compliments from it. Mum has decided she wants the leftovers, so maybe Mum will be wearing one before Christmas too. Maybe <laughs> like jumper twins. Oh, I don't know. Maybe she'll you make something else. I don't know. She definitely suited that jumper. I have finished sock one and a vanilla sock out the Anne Bod getting started knitting sock book. I'm using a sock yarn by Jelly Bean Yarns and cast on sock two. And just on Friday, I hadn't done an awful lot. I was just on the cuff. So I've started on knitting in the round and quite enjoying working with it. And I think I'll probably have a bit left over. So I'm going to have snippets of this yarn left over. 
I love the colours of this. It looks just like the bruise that I got when I sprained my ankle in Easter time. Which is a weird thing to want to your your will to look like. But you know, now that my ankle's not sprained, I quite like it. Because it reminds me of when it was sprained and how far I've come. It's a how far I've come yarn. The moon is just coming up from the other side of me just now. Through the polytunnel. And it is red just now. Cool. Breathing Space by Vera Valla Maggie. I can't remember if I had cast it on or not the last episode. But it says here, I cast mine on back after the debacle last episode. It still took me a few goes at the long tail cast on. So I firstly cast it on with a cable cast on, then thought, hmm, it says long tail, so I'll find out where I finished casting it on and surely that will be how much I need for the long tail. And I know you're either supposed to measure it in some way or you can wrap it around the needle for how many stitches you need. No, I didn't do either of them. Or you can start on the inside of the ball and then cut off when you get to where you need. I don't like that idea. No listeners. I went for, right, I'm going to start here with the cable cast on finished. No listeners, that doesn't work. I was left with lots of metres. So then I went down a bit more. It wasn't as many, but it was still a fair bit left over. However, I set time aside to do the collar all in one go. It's only seven rows, and whilst it's twisted rib, I got into a nice rhythm. It looks quite posh, actually. I then did my make one left and right the way Pearl Soho suggests, and I decided to number my stitch markers on my pattern. The increasing is looking nice. And I'm finding that I have to really concentrate in reading the pattern. I colour-coded my paper copy and written 2, 3 and 4 on the stitch markers for where I am. I haven't colour-coded the stitch markers <laughs> themselves. I'm also using the lovely stitch markers that Lisa Saratoga Knitting sent me as part of my recent swap. She sent me two mermaids and several drop ones, drop stitch markers, which I like very much. They're nice and smooth. So I'm using one of the mermaids as the beginning of row marker and the others as the in-betweens. And the jumper uses short rows and two colours to give a striped effect. And the yarn I'm using for this is Mode Knits in charcoal colour. Lovely Ellen and Lisa. And it's specifically for this jumper. It was a gift. And I was going to use the light grey that they gave us me as the contrast, but... When I was in Dublin, I bought the Townhouse Yarns Tits Collective colourway and I kind of thought how nice it would be against the dark grey. So I hummed and hauled and asked a few people on WhatsApp and then thought, I think I'll go for it. So before we went off in a caravan, I wound it. I wound it twice with the yarn winder and the swift. I often wind my cakes twice because I like them to be nice and snug. But... In the end, with this, I got such a revel both times, I thought, I'm going to hand-widen this into a tighter ball. If I'm in the caravan, I want it to be proper, proper, tight, and not roll and de-cake itself. Off I went with the project bag, and it came with me. When I got home, Daisy handed me some paper off the floor from the sitting room, and I realised I didn't take the pattern with me. So it tells you how much knitting I did on it there. None! None at all! When I was there... But the other night I started again and I'm now on to the second colour of stripe and I'm finding it quite moreish now I've got here. And I will say it does feel like it's taken way longer to get to where I am being four ply and three and a half size millimetre needles. But I'm thinking that it'll drape beautifully. I just love it. I had a bit of yarn barf to fix today when my the Modenitz yarn cake collapsed. But I think because it's two colours, it's very much worth keeping the yarns organised. So I rewound that into a ball. I don't think I'll get it done for Perth, but hey-ho. I'm really enjoying wearing my arboreal, so I want to enjoy wearing my breathing space quite quickly. Now, sadly, Annie from Mode Knits is fighting a battle with cancer and there's a split cable wimple knit along going with, to sport her through this. You can join us if you go to modenet.com and you buy the wimple pattern, which is only $4. All the best to Annie as she goes through her treatment. So I think about her often when I see her pictures on Lisa's uh, Turbo Gals feed on Instagram. 
I didn't actually do anything with the surd or buffle that I was going to make a shrug for Daisy. I cast it on and then didn't do it. I think just been away. Holidays. But in crochet news, when we went off, I took my crochet bag with the Avengers pattern book in it, stuffed with appropriate colours for Avengers characters. A long time ago. I think January, February time this year. Can't quite remember. It might have even been last year. I hooked on the Incredible Hulk. This was to go to see Thor Ragnarok because the Incredible Hulk was in it. <laughs> We've even had Avengers since then and the Ant-Man. Not that I've seen the Ant-Man yet, but I sh- I'm going to. And the Incredible Hulk just sat in the bag and I did lots of sloths. So I was on his tummy and I finished up his big chest, because he has a big chest, and his head. I then cast on an arm, but well, I was drinking at the caravan and it got dark in the awning so I put him down which was probably a good thing I picked him up this morning <laughs> kind of going oh no what have I done I'm going to have to redo this and I realised that his arm was on the wimpy side for being the Hulk so I stuffed it well full and then I proceeded to finish him I had to do his hair by cutting a length of yarn doubling it over then hooking it through and passing the two ends of yarn through the loop it took an hour to get him a head of hair, at which point both Daisy and Sandy said he was really creepy. He did look very untrustworthy, it has to be said, as I'd already embroidered his face to look grumpy, because the Hulk does look grumpy in the book. <laughs> I then gave him a haircut, and he now roars from the bottom of my handbag. So, uh, because I partly made him for me, according to the parents. Remember this. I think I only said that to stop them from fighting about it. So his safety eyes are too big. One arm is very much bigger than the other, but then the other leg is bigger than the other too, so he kind of evens out. He was quite fun making this, and the next is either going to be Captain America or the Falcon. This is a lovely pattern book and kit by Catty Gillis, and you can get that via Amazon or possibly by her own Ravelry store. I took down with me the Lighthouse Blackwork kit and didn't do anything with it. Oh, and the retreat. I had to make the decision tonight. I think I'm going to do the retreat. I haven't got any dates organised, I haven't got prices yet, but listeners, I think I'm going to do the retreat. So if you want to come to the retreat, let me know. It'll be next May some point oh, there we go that's that decision it's been a bit of a wait thinking about it but um it'll be different from last year in ways but not too much different that it's not the same <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever it'll be fun fun smiling haha thinking of smiling hi tanya everybody it's smiling at tanya from tg Prox section and Catherine limer lovely lovely people drams onto the drams this episode if you're not into the drinking thank you for listening i'll catch you next episode because there is only blah 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 stuff after it if you're into the drinking then stay tuned this episode sees richard and i drink a glen keith single malt whiskey when we were away in the caravan heidi we're drumming we're drumming we're drumming we're drumming we're drumming we're drumming hope you like drumming too Hello, listeners. Can you remember the drums? Why are you speaking so quietly? Because the burns are supposed to be asleep, but they'll come through now and say, Why are you talking? Coming through from where? Right. Hello, listeners. Welcome into this episode of the drums. We are camping. At Culloden. At Culloden in Inverness. Well, not in Inverness, near Inverness. And we're at a really lovely campsite called Ard Tower. And totally recommend it. Really, really friendly. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. People friendly. People friendly. Slightly windy friendly. And beautiful, beautiful toilets. No, well... Mm. Lady toilets. Lady. Nice sunset. And nice sunset because you're quite high up and that's that gorgeous view. And I can burn stuff. <laughs> so we bought a bottle of whiskey that we... We've never seen before. To, just to take the nip out of the ear if nothing else because mm-hmm. well, it's, it's actually been a really really wonderful summer of 
warmth. It's August now and there's a slight nip at night time. It did rain today. Well, and we bought this bottle of whiskey called Glen Keith from Tesco's and it was £25. <laughs> so we have our lovely new caravan, Heidi. New to us. Well, new to us, not new, but new to us. And it's been wonderful couple of days. You can hear our awning squeaking. <laughs> it's a bit windy today. With our blue solar panel fairy lights. And a buckle has gone to bed with the children. Because we are that kind of people. <laughs> he sleeps with the children. Not with the fishes. So this Glen Keith. Richard. Right. So the box. It's quite a nice blue colour. Look at the box because oh. I can't read it, it's too dark. Um, it's got uh, ooh. It's got a picture of the Glen Keith Distillery, bog standard distillery listeners. Sort of a light blue, quite nice. Glen Keith and there's goldy bronze kind of quite nice box. Distilled by the master craftsman on the banks of the river Isla and this is a smooth and distinctive single malt with a satisfyingly warm and lingering finish and it's matured in traditional oak which is shiny Glen Keith Distillery which is a Speyside malt and pictures of the distillery 70 centiliter bottle 40% volume alcohol Little white writing, which I'm not going to bother reading because I've had a drink, and I'm sure it says somewhere. Oh, it does. Boo! Drink responsibly, people. Mm. We've not been because I'd we've been drinking because we're camping. We need to do that. I'd say that is it. We're not. We're not proper camping. We're not well camping. Like no, we're caravanning. Caravanning. On a campsite Caravan. with nice toilets. Traditional shaped bottle. Totally. Very traditional. And the, sh- the colour? It's quite dark. Granted, it's dark. It might dark be outside. that there's no uh, sun in the sky. No, I'd <laughs> say that's Chewbacca, definitely. Yeah, Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Right. Now, I, I Do your Chewbacca put... impression. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have to put the hand up and say I actually opened this and poured them before. I realised that we were doing the drums. We were doing the drums. So. Here we are. We're doing it now. And he's used some lovely purser water. And oh, do oh. we smell? Oh, yeah, do we... actually. Yeah. Oh, toffee. Bang on. I'm getting toffee. Burnt sugar. How about orchard fruits? You've read the label, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, listeners. But, yeah. I'm so we've been camping here, caravanning. For a couple of days in Inverness. Um, this is our first time with Heidi the Heimer caravan and we just thought it would be nice to come down somewhere in the Highlands, quite reasonably close to home, to get to know where to, know where to put the stuff. And we know there. Inverness, so if we needed yeah. anything, we could yeah. always bolt in the summer. Yeah. And we've had friends coming around for dinner and stuff yeah. as well, it's been great. A really lovely night last night with paella, tonight we had spaghetti, proper cooking. If you're going to get a caravan, I suggest you either get a Heimer or a Swift. The fancy people in here have Swifts. We're loving the sort of voyeuristic nature of this campsite. Like, oh, look at what they've got. Oh, we've not got one of them. And believe me, we've got everything. <laughs> like I said last episode, our caravan came with everything. Cheers. Sounds fair. Mm. Oh, it doesn't taste burnt, Tovey. It was kind of smooth. I like that. Although, no. I it's like come that. So do I. Oh, Richard, I think we've got a new favourite whiskey. No, I've got... I've got... Sweetness is kind of woody kind of taste. Yes, because it's the oak. Oak. Oak, 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 oak. Listeners, you know about the oak. Mmm. That's really smooth. I put a good scalp of water in it, but that is it a really it. smooth drum. It is a lovely drum. First time I've tried that, and that's... That is, has to be one of the smoothest drums I've had. That's not going to make my heart go, bum, 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 bum. you need more water. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Because when you have a sharp it, one, it's someone yeah. like sanding your heart or, or got a surf form in your heart. Or you kind of get heartburn with it. Or, or is there's a rasp. Or no heartburn with this. This is lovely. 
Do you know where Glen Keith is at all? Mm-hmm. Where? Near Keith. Where's Keith? Is it near where we're going to be doing the marathon? Yeah, not too far. Not I too wonder far. if we'll get basically, there. Basically, right, basically, so I drive through to Elgin yes. on the A96, yes. right? Mm. And then you get to Fochabers, it's a roundabout. Everybody say Fochabers if they head, feel like they need to You can head along the coast to Bucky, uh-huh, you can like head Bucky. down and cut direct to Aberdeen, mm. and it's the next town you come to, it's Keith, just before Huntley. Is it anywhere near the Dramathon? Yeah, because Dufftown's about seven miles further inland to the west from Keith. Will we be running through it? No. Oh, no. I would love to very, get this. It's a very grid, gridiron kind of street. Thomas Telford. Yeah, and built on distilleries. Mm. Very old, very place. Interesting. Mm. So, Richard, who would you have run for a dram with this? Ooh. I'd have multiple people because this is so nice. On this specific occasion, I would have Sandy Dunn here. <laughs> I love Sandy Dunn. Because I'd have Julia then, even though she didn't drink. No, because he could sort of advise us. He'd be like the caravanning guru. He'd be there. Like, he would be killing Yod- himself laughing he- at the way we put up the awning. Yoda van. Mmm, awning you put up. Mmm, awning, mmm, put up <laughs> from where you did. Mm. <laughs> we did not. I think I'd have Julia then, Julia Dunn, mm-hmm. Sandy Dunn's wife. And I think we've had them around before, but they're really, really lovely people, so I think this is the kind of whiskey that is worth sharing and spending time with your friends. Don't you? Mm-hmm. If you're in Inverness, do go to the... Big laser centre because there's flumes if you've got bearings it's brilliant it clawed yesterday what did you make of it I thought like it, the battlefield I thought the, it was good value for money mm-hmm. it was very busy which was like there's people walking in front of you and stuff and you're trying to find you I think it was so busy that you had you struggled trying to find the natural sequence and order of all the displays because it was so busy it's a natural trust Scotland place. So you get the choice of having an audio <laughs> and who got picked, equipment. Who got picked to be part of the demonstration? You. Me, yes. You've had that face. I have that face like, don't pick me, don't pick me. Okay, then. <laughs> it so was interesting, though. It was very, very interesting. interesting. It was good. We all, then, all found out things that we didn't know, even Sandy, who'd been before. I've been before, but before they built that visitor centre. Mm-hmm. I went when it was just a wee hut. Mm-hmm. Back when it was a field, mm-hmm. basically. And they had the flags up then. Did they? And the stones and the memorial bits. I think it's amazing the fact that that field... Because there's other places in Scotland where they've had battles and it's just been built over. Mm. That was the biggest battle. Was it? Over and above Preston Pans and mm-hmm. all the other clan battles? Because there's been quite a lot. That was the biggest battle. All right. Well, it was quite well kept in a way because it is a war grieve when you think about it. It did see it. Even though it's quite well put back in our history, like 270 years. Mm. It's like when we went to the Battle of Boyne in Mm. Ireland. Oh, well, that's true. And the two are very, they're intrinsically linked. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's it's a religious, political... I think it was good that we went to the Battle of Boyne first because... Yeah. It was 1690, and then we came back to 1746. But the before, the during, and the after, yes. and it's for all both. connected. For both. All connected. And I, I it's was, worth finding out, actually, for aye. just knowing about history, I think. They say you learn more about history, you should, it helps you with the, the present. It It doesn't, but it helps you understand how you shouldn't go back to certain things like Nazism and stuff, and sadly how the world, some of the world's going back to fascism and uh, finding out about it. It's all about closed minds and you should open mm-hmm. your mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'd close my mind to some things, but hopefully yeah, I open it to others. Me and my need for buying more bikes. <laughs> oh dear. Well, We're going climbing again. We're going climbing. 
might take one of our children with me. Well, we went climbing. That was interesting. So moving on, we went down to a place that Richard used to climb to at Dunchill Cake. Dunchill Cake, yeah. It was a lovely walk. I did my first E1 mm-hmm. called Slings. What does E1 mean? Uh, basically, climbings have a grade where you go from moderate diff, V-diff, which is very difficult, severe, very severe, hard, very severe. And then when the, the ability for people to climb in the mid-last century came about, they had to create a next grade up, so they called it extreme. But it went basically then E1, E2, E3 and up. Now, I climbed my first E1 there and an E3 and people are now climbing E10s. E10s? I've never heard of E10. E10s. Do you know if you're from Newcastle way? It's basically... (laughs) Sorry, Mum. It's a weighting or a a grading on how technically difficult the climb is Mm -hmm. and how mentally difficult the climb is with how little or how much protection you can Mm -hmm. put in it. If you're traditional climbing, it is. So I did my my hardest climb, I think, on paper was there. I did a lot harder climbs. Mm -hmm. But uh, my hardest climb that I led on a on-site climb. Which what do you mean on-site climb? What's that mean? Which means I've never done it before. I just turned right. up, did it, and uh, it was an E3 called Dracula. Oh, was that here? Didn't chill Two pitches. Oh, you're so old. Big overhang. Sandy and Daisy cycled past and didn't care. They didn't care. I was so upset. <laughs> he took photos of it. But those that did it with them cared. Now, where were we last weekend that we could have done with Heidi? Belladrum. Which is? A musical festival, a family-friendly musical festival, but lots of families and drunken dads dancing badly. It's, it's held at Bewley, which is a place not too far from Inverness. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant festival for families. Totally and utterly aimed at children and families. I mean, there's plenty for the young to do and um, those without children but are slightly older. And thankfully this year they had a line-up that did the young and the old. And we had a brilliant time. Could have done with Heidi, but we didn't have a ticket for Heidi. We just had a ticket for camping. And my favourite, 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 and I think that you should all go and listen to is Colonel Mustard and the Dijon Five. Peace, Peace love, love, mustard. mustard. <laughs> it's just, there's so showmanship. I mean, there was the Charlatans, Paloma Faith, Amy McDonald, which we watched. Primal Scream. And Primal Scream, which were really good. And we come away, and everybody's like talking about Colonel Mustard and just the entertainment that they had. It was really, really good. Right, hold on. Right, we top so, up. We top up. It's a good squeaky cork, that. Squeaky cork. Right, a little one for you. Little one for you. Little one for me. Little one for you. Water. Water. You like some water? Drinking water. 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 Fair enough. But this is a really nice dram. I would totally recommend it for you. Sup and whiskey. I'm quite impressed you got the, the subtle flavours of toffee and citrus. I was quite impressed with myself, actually. It's not often. I've been bitten just by tastes midges like and stuff. That's the problem with Cam, when you get bitten by stuff. We're well, going to have to watch for texts and stuff oh listeners 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 now texts texts are very important to talk about because they often contribute to Lyme's disease so every time you go out into the wild tech check tech check each other if there's one species of anything i don't like it's texts don't think david attenborough sir david attenborough likes texts either he can't think of a reason that they're there parasites are not good thing so just give yourself a once over if you've got a hairy man you're going to take a bit longer but you're going to have to get down in person with your bestie public service broadcast warnings (laughs) check behind the ears check behind the back of the legs check in underneath the armpits flangevagine corner mustard melamine melamine. melamine is plastic 
Boo, plastic. Recycle as much as possible, see the turtles. But but this campsite has segregated bins for recycling. They're very good, actually. I do recommend this campsite. Apparently the Culloden campsite is good too, but this one's not quite as far out as Inverness. This is not the Culloden one? No, this is not. This is a caravan club campsite. So anyway, listeners, this whiskey is lovely. Glen Keith. I would recommend this. Yeah, it's nice. I'm it's not a big side. This is really, really nice. It's good Very campsite Very whiskey. It's good conversational whiskey. It's good sharing whiskey. It's not too overly priced. I would totally get this again. Mm -hmm. If we had this in the house and you came round, I would give you this. Not because it was overpriced, but because it's nice. Next person that comes round my house and says, I'll have a Glen Keith, please. <laughs> I'll get him one. <laughs> so, listeners, slash Thank you, Val. Oh, yes. We sung that caravan site praises until the morning we left, listeners, when one of the workers there made Daisy cry by accusing her of cycling on the pass when she was quite insistent that she didn't. Daisy has a very strong, justified, I am right, that is wrong way of being. I mean, I had been keeping an eye on her for not doing it, but she may well have done. But there is a way of telling Burns off. I thought he was having a bad day because his big industrial wheelie bin was melting as someone put a hot barbecue into it. Which then he accused Richard of doing. <laughs> this didn't really go down very well because we didn't have a disposable barbecue. Whilst we had a barbecue, only cold ashes went on it. So I could see why he saw us with the fire and thought it could have been us. But when we were told, no, no, we definitely made sure it was out and we don't have, we didn't have a disposable one. We've got this barbecue here. I made sure when it went into the bin and we didn't have it in the way he was accusing us of. He grunted and drove off. No, sorry. No, oh, look, I'm just having a bad day because I'm, this is the third one we've done. Just grunted and drove off. It was such a shame because the rest of the experience and the facilities have been as good as it sounded in the drams. Now, we won't be in a hurry to go back there, but if you do, be mindful of the ignorant worker. I was quite sad, and it's still snarking me. Blah, 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 Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you taking the time to download and then listen to me splaff on. I like to add the opinions are mine, sometimes Richard's. Uh, occasionally get facts wrong, but try not to, and I don't do it on purpose. Of course I don't. <laughs> My email is keithenscraftcollective at gmail.com. I am on Ravelry as Louise Hunt. The group is Keithens Craft Collective on there. Etsy, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and, well, Facebook, but not very good at Facebook, as Keithens Craft, and you can get the podcast from the Podbean site as www.keithenscraftcollective.podbean.com. The intro is from the Helmsdale and Sutherland Youth Pipe Band playing at the Helmsdale Highland Games on Saturday, where my son and daughter came first in their categories of the Junior Hill Race and both came home with shields and a cup and lots of money. Hooray! <laughs> Thank you for listening and keep on crafting! <laughs>